Welcome, everyone, to this Friday's edition of Signals from Mars, presented by the Mars Attacks podcast. It is um, Friday, November 6th. For most of you people, it is the 7th for me already. But uh, we have the first guest joining us at this time that we've had on the show, and we welcome the one and only... Mr. Chris Sinzak. Chris, how are you, sir? Good. How are you doing, man? Doing good. So um, I've invited you on to be the uh, first guinea pig here. <laughs> happy, uh, happy to be poked and prodded, I guess. <laughs> well, I don't know. Depends on how you look at that. But uh, yeah, so so um, apologize for looking off camera here, but uh, I'm getting – the chat ready here in Facebook if anyone wants to join us and uh, send any messages our way while we're recording here and, and gabbing. Uh, you are more than welcome to do so. We are on uh, Twitter, Periscope. We're on um, Facebook and YouTube. So uh, there you go. Anyone that sends anything in, I will read it on the air. So there you go. Uh, so Chris is known for a bunch of different things, only two that we can really talk about publicly, um, one being a Decibel Geek podcast, and yep. uh, the other being the Rockin' Pod Expo. Um, which of the two do you want to tackle first? This is visitor's choice. Ah, it's up to you. I, I guess we could do the uh... – <laughs> I guess we could talk a little bit of Rock and Pod first, if you want. Okay. Um, Rock and Pod is, for those that don't know, is a podcasting uh, expo. Actually, instead of me saying what it is, you say what it is. <laughs> oh man, I'm out of practice on the whole pitch thing. Um, well, essentially, it's like it's an annual get together of rock podcasters, rock fans, rock artists, uh, industry people. And uh, it's just it's it's kind of an annual hangout thing, and um, it works on different levels. It's a bit of a it's like a trade show meets a fan expo, and um, it started. Uh, our good friend BJ Cramp kind of helped come up with the idea with it for me, and then I kind of took the ball and ran with it since then. We started in 2017, and uh, we would be going into the fourth annual, but now now you know as COVID took care of that this year, we couldn't do it this year. Um, but it, basically, it's a weekend that it's a combination of a convention with panel discussions, artists signing sessions, meet and greets, um, tons of podcasts do interviews with the artists that are there. It's kind of like Radio Row at the Super Bowl where artists will be scheduled for interviews throughout the day and they just go from table to table to table. Uh, there's a learning there's a learning track for uh, newer and advanced podcasters with tips and stuff on how you can do how you can do better with your show or start a show in breakout rooms and uh there's also a pre-party concert sometimes there's an after-party concert and sometimes there's a comedy show we're still just getting really rolling on the planning for next year so nothing's certainly set in stone just yet but um but that that's the overall gist of what it is okay um can we talk about um Things that people might expect for 2021 or 
Is is it too early to mention anything at all? Would you prefer not to talk about that? Would you prefer to shift uh, to talking about maybe the ones that got away from previous years? Well, I mean, for the for 2021, all I can really share is that we're working on on stuff behind the scenes right now. I mean, we've got a contract with the hotel. It is going to be at the same place we were going to have it this year, which is the uh, Hilton Nashville Airport. And if you came last year to the Marriott, it's basically a, a block away from that one. And uh, it'll, it's going to be cool, though. Like we have instead of one ballroom, we're going to have two ballrooms. So there'll be like a rock rock expo <laughs> ballroom and then a podcaster devoted room. Because one thing um, last year that was a little bit of an issue was we had all the podcasters in this area in front of the stage and everything was in one room. And then you had the vendors on the other side of the room. But sometimes noise from the stage would was were affecting some of the interviews taking place. And um, so we want to have a, a better environment for them to do their interviews and hang out, record shows, because there's a lot of recording that gets done on site. So right. um, it's a better environment for them. There will be a few vendors, but it'll be like podcast related vendors in that room with, you know, podcast gear companies, maybe some hosting companies. I'm working on um, agreements with some of them to be there. So it's it is. We're going to have the podcast industry represented, and there's there's some exciting stuff that's starting to take shape behind the scenes as far as some um, companies coming on board to help sponsor and also provide gear and stuff like that. So that'll be – and also in the podcaster room, there will be – a third of the room will be for live podcast sessions taking place on a stage. It won't be as loud as it was in the you know last year where everything was in one room, so – um, it'll be it'll be pretty cool, and uh, there's we we expect to have a lot of uh, a lot of material brought out from that. And as far as the uh, pre-party concert, um, you know that's something we're gonna have to just wait and see because, as you know, like a lot of venues have been shut down for months. So it's like, you know, what what venues are gonna be surviving and lasting that long? So you know we'll have to just wait and see uh, who's still around at that time. Right. Um, I have a, a handful of venues that are interested in handling it, but uh, we just have to see what what takes shape. And then I'm working on trying to get a big name headliner guest before I build the guest list around that. Um, but you know we've got feelers out to a few names you'll definitely recognize. And um, but yeah, that's basically where we're at now. I mean, anything I really share at this point is is you know it's it's just tentative at best. So I I'd rather not get someone's hopes up by like we're planning on doing this and then it doesn't end up happening. So right. Um, but we have we have hope that it's going to happen next year and um, hopefully things will clear up you know on the health side of things for everybody and we can go forward with it. And if we have to do it in a different capacity where, you know, you limit attendance or spacing, we'll, we'll work within whatever guidelines to keep people safe. And on that note, we are going to plan to do a, a bit of a virtual side of it at the same time. So people that are unable to make it, there will be some virtual stuff going on that you can be a part of. So, because that's really taken off with virtual conventions. I didn't really want to just do an all virtual convention this year because right. one of the biggest charms of Rock and Pod is that it's it's where you go to actually meet up with people. So that's kind of one of the best parts of it. So, but there are some things we could do virtually to kind of expand the audience a bit. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of where things stand right now. Okay, and uh, Jeremy Weltman, one of my uh, patrons over in the UK is asking, where's it held? 
uh, Nashville, Tennessee at the uh, Hilton Nashville Airport. And uh, I've got a date, but I, I can't announce it just yet because um, we, we there's, the, the Hilton has worked with us to provide a good discount um, for the rooms. And to be quite frank, you know, part of our venue space is covered by people booking at the hotel. So I don't want to prematurely announce the dates and then people book at other places. And, right. And once we go live with the website, which will be in the next couple of weeks, um, there will be a link to actually book your room there. But I'll just say it will be in August of 2021. That's a, a pretty fine looking website you have there. I wonder who put that together or helped you put it together. <laughs> a, a guy that uh, probably did way too much work and uh, worried himself more than he should have over it. Perhaps, you know, he's not known for for being Larry Davidish at all. No, um, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um as far as past years, um I mean, we've talked a lot behind the scenes. Um, about what goes into it and, uh, people that you've discussed to possibly get on, get on the expo. Um, can you talk about people that you've reached out to in past years and haven't been able to, uh, lure the, or lure them in for whatever reason? I'll try to think of any that were, that would be like super interesting stories to tell. Cause I mean, a lot of it is. I mean, I've reached out to a ton of bigger names that they just don't respond. Um, right. but, uh, there's certain ones where I, you would think they'd be a shoe in to want to come. Mm-hmm. Mostly guys, mostly guys that live here. Um, or, and for whatever reason they couldn't make it. Well, I mean, obviously the ones that are publicly known, um, Brian Head Welch from Corn was supposed to come in 2018 and, uh, Literally two weeks before the event, uh, Jonathan Davis's wife tragically passed away in California, and he had to bow out because the whole band decided to be there for him like they should have right. and uh, and went to California for the funeral. So, um, you know, de- you can't predict death. So uh, I, and, right. and I, I wasn't upset with him, and, and most people understood. I had a few people get kind of bent out of shape about it, but, you know, if, if somebody <laughs> in your family – died and you needed yeah. to go to a funeral i mean it's it's perfectly understandable um and then of course the other one was uh vinnie vincent um which you know listen to my show if you want to hear all the details on that um, right. uh, i'll just i'll just say the rumors are true and uh not an easy person to work with right. um but those are the two that are kind of well known but then other people like billy sheehan um he lives here and and he really wants to come. He's aware of it. He, you know, we, Aaron and I interviewed him for Decibel Geek and, and he couldn't have been nicer. He's just one of the nicest people. And he's, uh, every year he's like, I'm definitely on board if I, if I'm in town. Well, as you know, Billy Sheehan tours like more than just <laughs> right. about anybody on the planet. So it's always worked out to where either he's out of town or he's just getting back from like a European tour and he's just out of it and he can't do it. Right. Um, so, but I don't, I, I hold no ill will on for Billy on that. Uh, I definitely hope to have him next year. It just all depends on his scheduling. And then, um, who else? Uh, well, Mark Slaughter came the first year. He was kind of a last minute surprise. Uh, we, we finally got him to agree to come like three days before the event. And, uh, and he showed up and was really great to everybody. And, um, he got on stage and did a, a nice interview with John and Mark from Talking Metal. And, uh, that wasn't even planned. You know, he was just willing to do it. And, huh. Uh, signed anything anybody brought up to him was he hung around for a while and was just super down to earth and 
I've interviewed Mark and um, gotten to know him, and I've run into him a few times over the years here in Nashville, and he's always really cool, and he's, you know, and he's all, ever since the first year, he's like, you know, if I'm in town, I'll be there, but he's always out of town, so, <laughs> um, John Karabi, much the same, John's aware of the event, wants to come, because, I mean, most of, a ton of his friends are always at it, so, right. he's, uh, but he's all he's on the road a lot. It's I mean the majority of it is people that are on the road. The only person I can think of that was like I'm not gonna say hateful, but I don't think they got the concept of rock and pod um being beneficial to them. Uh and this is not and, and he's not in great health right now from what I've heard, but and this is not me taking a shot at him, but Sylvain Sylvain from the New York Dolls. Uh you know, he lives here and, and I'm a massive New York Dolls fan and I, I've loved them for years and I he's been on my bucket list to get to the expo for years and I've reached out to him and we talked on the phone and I was explaining it to him and but I could just tell he was just kind of like eh and then uh finally I was messaging back and forth with him and he told me you know he at the time he, this was uh 2018 he said that uh there was going to be a New York Dolls book coming out that he was going to publish in September and our event was in August and I said well you know it this would be a good event to kind of pre-hype the book coming out and get people interested. And he just responded with, well, when I want to do an interview I'll on your podcast, I'll talk to you. But uh, the rock and pod thing is just not for me. And, okay. And I took that a little hard I, and I explained it, you know, how many different shows are going to be there. And it's just a perfect, you know, but he just, he wasn't having it, but that's fine. You know, not everybody gets it, but, uh, he, yeah, that that did rub me the wrong way at the time, but I I, I don't hold any hard feelings for him. Maybe he's just um, I don't know has some type of phobia about being around people or something. Who knows? Or maybe it's possible. Or, I don't know. There's a million things, but yeah, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, we have Anthony Visconti the second checking in with us on Facebook, saying hi, mm -hmm. dude. Stay safe. Likewise, Anthony. I uh, hope you're safe as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the only thing that I can add to that, and I've I've been going back and forth with someone at a label uh, in a good way over the course of the last week. We've been talking about different things, about you know PR stuff and about doing stuff on the web and uh, social media and just you know some outdated, antiquated act um, antics that some people have uh, and just different facets of the music industry in general. Um, I mean, for us, I mean, I've been podcasting for 11 years. You've been doing it for about 10, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how many people at the beginning were like podcasting? What's that? You know, and it's a 180 now where it's like, oh, you don't have a podcast. What's wrong with you? It's like the, the complete opposite, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I could see how there's, um, kind of a disconnect with somebody who might be, you know, I don't want to say age-wise doesn't get it, but I think a lot of people until this pandemic really took place, you know, for a lot of bands, didn't see the benefit behind it and maybe have decided to throw their ring in podcasting because they've got nothing else going on. Uh, what, I've, what I'm constantly wondering when you see, hey um, – I don't know, uh, Devin Townsend starts a new podcast, and it's like, right. okay, well, that's cool, but is he still going to be doing this when when this is all over, you know, because, right. you know, uh, 
keeping a podcast going isn't easy. And right. I know that a lot of people um, just think it's, hey, let's just throw it up there and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just – I'll just make money and I'll be this and I'll be that. And no, it's not quite that simple. You know, there's hard work that's involved in doing a podcast. And I think we've all seen it over the years where people have said this, I'm going to start one. How much money will I make? It's like, well, not exactly. You know, there isn't really that much money to be had, unfortunately, unless you're coming with a homegrown, you know, with a, with already a homegrown um, audience. Right. So I make that point to a lot of people who, you know, say, hey, well, why does Eddie Trunk and why does, uh, you know, Chris Jericho and Jamie Josta and all these people have all, you know, have have these sponsors and have these millions of, you know, dollars behind them or get money off of this? Well, it's because they're coming from another industry where they're dragging all this stuff with them. So right. it's it's not. It, there really isn't any other reason. I mean, again, we're independent podcasters. We've been doing this for so long, and I'm sure if we could make, you know, tons of cash off of it, you know, we would have found the secret by now. But, uh, you know. Well, I mean, you mean you're not making tons of cash right now? What's wrong? Um, <laughs> I've got a tree in the backyard. It it has a big <laughs> it has a big sign on it, podcasting tree. And but um, but you bring up uh, an interesting point, and that's something I've noticed. And and you know, initially the pandemic kind of you know obviously it caused anxiety among for everything, but uh, especially for Rock and Pod because it's like, oh my God, is you know, are we going to be you know because it sucked having to cancel this year because we had real good momentum coming out of last year, and then right is like what's going to happen in the future and. There was a lot of doubt at first, and obviously everything is still dependent on where the world is on a health scale next year. So sure. that it's still there's still a lot of unknowns, and you know, some, this thing is not turning the corner like some people would like you to believe. But uh, right. um, but I have hope for vaccine and treatment and all that. And um, so I, you know, for now I have to plan as if. But to go back to what you said about um, a lot of these rock rock artists, you know, picking up a mic and doing this type of stuff. Uh, I think it, it's actually helped the medium quite a bit because, you know, when you get people like Lizzie Hale or Devin Townsend or uh, Rob Flynn from Machine Head right. doing doing their own shows. And it's not it's not so much podcast. I mean, podcast is part of it, but it's just it falls under the umbrella of content creation. And right. that's that's where we're at with it. <laughs> but uh, but it's it's brought a lot of new attention to these type this type of media. But I do. I think that. A lot of them will keep doing it much the same as comedians doing podcasts because, honestly, artists are the best people to be doing a podcast for the reason that, just like with comedy, if you're a stand-up comic and you're traveling to, you know, yuck yucks in Fort Wayne, Indiana or whatever, (laughs) um, you need to get the word out about that show. So if you build a a podcast that has a devoted audience and you're entertaining people on on a weekly basis – Chances are you're going to have people that are within an hour of of driving to that place, and they get to go see it. So it's a, it's the best. It's like a digital flyer for people's ears. Right. So and it's the same for musicians. So I think even once touring starts, they'll keep doing it because it will it will turn into dollar signs. I think mm-hmm. the the you know you referencing people in the past going I'm going to start up a podcast because I'm going to make money. It's not 
it's it's like an indirect stream of income. It's like if right. you think you're going to get it directly from podcasting, probably not. But you're using it as a as a conduit to get money from your touring or from other stuff, you know. And uh, I because th- I think it'll continue. I think a lot of the artists that are doing it are seeing like, wow, this is a great way. This is better than just going through a PR agency that, that puts an email blast out every month. This is them directly to the fans and people open their wallets up when you when you uh you know you talk to them directly especially if you're somebody that's well known yeah um you you again this was part of the conversation that i had with this other person the the entire week content creation and Mm -hmm. i think for an artist as well to continue to do this they don't have to I don't want to say work as work as hard at it like we do, but someone famous like that could honestly do a 10 minute podcast and it could be gangbusters. Will Sasso used to do that years ago. And I've actually read up on like, you know, information on podcasting over the last few years. And you've got two extremes where people are really into really long shows and people are really into really short shows. Right. And there's like a lot. I mean, I'm subscribed to like the um, Webster's Word of the Day and the NASA, you know, innovation podcast, which are all like a minute, two minutes. There are others that I've, I'm subscribed to that are like 10 minutes long. And it's just one of these things where a band, like you're saying, hey, we're playing, you know, we're playing Fort Wayne, we're playing um, Nashville, Memphis, Louisville. Um, We're going to drop by Josh Toomey's backyard and do a show (laughs) at some point. Um, You know, come see us. In the meantime, you know, um, uh, we played these other shows. You know, this stood out to us. Um, today marks the whatever anniversary, uh, for the band. Um, you know, just some little like story, some little tidbit. And honestly, it doesn't have to be, you know, when you're using bookends like that, it doesn't have to be that long to captivate your audience. I always think back and, um, here's my cheap plug for my, uh, Patreon show, but, um, this last week's show was all about crowdfunding. And I talked mm-hmm. about how Metallica for Death Magnetic had this setup where um, I forget how much I paid, but every day you got a clip that was between 30 seconds to 10 minutes long. And little yeah. by little, they were feeding you information about the album. They were giving you, you know, behind the scenes stuff, um, uh, just footage from like shows and just different things where it was like, okay, I, what are they releasing today? It really right. got you motivated to see that and to hear the album and and stuff like that and then when the flip side what i talked about during the episode was bands that i felt really like let me down as far as um crowdfunding goes um Mm. there's an artist who's releasing a double album now and one of those double albums um is a bunch of or the second album is a covers album and now that covers album was part of his crowdfunding for a bunch of other albums he did a few years ago where people had asked about that. And then once he signed with Nuclear Blast, like we got nothing else as far as the crowdfunding was concerned. So it's kind of a letdown that all these years later, he's finally releasing it. But that was like kind of like one of the special things he was doing like years ago for this other crowdfunding thing. So I think you have artists that, really know how to work things and you have others that 
I don't want to say take their fans for granted, but just by giving it a little effort could really do something special and, you know, uh, offer something really over the top, I think. Oh, it, and that's the name of the game is, is just putting stuff out there. And, you right. know, I, I'm not going to name the label or who the friend is, <laughs> but I had I had coffee with a friend of mine a year or so ago that is a he's a big rep for one of the labels that puts out a lot of stuff by bands we love and he told me, you know, he's, you know, again, they deal with sometimes with the older rock bands that we grew up on. And one of said rock bands that we all grew up on had an album on the label and, uh, they put out the record and they didn't do much of anything as far as providing extra content on their right. socials or anything. And then they had the gall to go to my friend and say, why the hell is this not selling like it should be? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I'll level with you. You have to put in the work that, you know, you have to do, yeah. you have to do more. It's not the, there's no, nobody has a million dollar, you know, media budget anymore mm-hmm. from a record label. It doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. You know, if, if, if records actually sold in giant numbers, you would have that kind of disposable income. But yeah, you know, the, the label's taking a risk on you to start with to district distribute it as it is. They're putting all the product together. So and they're giving you the advance to do the record. So the least you can do and the least you should do is show some appreciation for your fans and give them something. You right. know, it the, like the age of the the age of the pageantry of rock stars that are behind a, a curtain that you can't get to. That's all. That's all it's dead. Done. Yeah. You ha- you have to. They people want to connect with you on a personal level. They want to. See you, you know, do a video from a tour bus or or a video from the studio or or even just do a quick do a little FaceTime video and just go, hey, guys, thinking about you. Thanks for buying the record. Little stuff like that adds up. It it equals sales. And this person from this said band that we grew up on wasn't going to hear it. And their album sales went in the toilet for the record. The record kind of sucked, in my opinion. I'm not going to say what it is, but (laughs) um, but at the very least, you should make the effort. Yeah. Um, again, that's a, a recent discussion of mine where bands are placing money in the wrong places and they're going for, you know, old school things that worked with terrestrial radio that just doesn't work anymore. So dumping money into social media and having someone run social media for them is a lot more important than a lot of the other stuff that um, that they're possibly doing, you know. So, right. um, so let's talk about Decibel Geek a little here. Um, DecibelGeek.com uh, is the website for all of you that uh, do not know. You know. I thought I had the website open. Let me open it back up here. Um, but uh, there you go. And, uh, another uh, – it's loading. Another <laughs> oh, no. Another. Oh no! I opened up the wrong thing here. That's why. No, it's opening right up for me. No, I clicked on the wrong thing. I I somehow backed out of the website before, and um, and I had Google open. I clicked on the first thing, and it took me to something else. So, um, let's just go over this real quickly. So, the latest um post you have here. Uh, our Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Part 1, which is episode 429. Uh, 428 is Rock Mag 87. You have a review for Armored Saints Punching the Sky. 
And another review for Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown Pressure. Mm. Yeah, Pressure album review. Who's he's from Nashville, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I don't know if he's from here, but he's based here now. Gotcha. Um, Again, we just mentioned um, uh, that Decibel Geek has been going on for 10 years, for a decade. Uh, You and Aaron Camaro, you guys are now venturing into live streaming as well. Um, So even though, you know, um, you're kind of being a guinea pig here, you're still kind of fresh uh, on your end as well. This is going to be what, like your third episode doing a, a live stream? Yeah, kind of. I mean, like, well, with the first, you know, we were completely unprepared for the first one. Um, it was the day Eddie Van Halen died, actually a month ago today. Right. Uh, we did. We just it, we were we were trying to get our ducks in a row to, you know, brainstorm and everything on what we can do live. And uh, once it happened, I was just like I contacted Ron and Aaron. I was just like, why don't we just go live tonight? Um, mostly just because we wanted to you know, sharing our grief and, you know, I'm sure other people wanted to say what they thought that happened. And um, when we mentioned that we were going to go live, I had several friends of ours, musicians and other podcasters that were like, you know, hey, can we can I be a part of this? And we just brought people on. We all kind of mourned together. You know, it was uh, it went really well, but it was definitely under the toughest of circumstances because we were all super bummed out and kind of in shock. But um, it did. It went OK. And then. um. And then like it was a it was a double whammy that week because then the following day, Adam Cox, who was a big contributor for our website and, and uh, Facebook page and a good friend from uh, the UK, uh, passed away suddenly. And when no one saw that coming. Yep. So for that, we did a uh, live stream that Friday to kind of honor him and share our stories. And we had Rich and Wally from CGCM. If you don't know, Rich and Wally were very instrumental in getting decibel geek rolling especially the website and rich ran the website for a very long time and um that we did the same thing that night we just sort of shared in our grief so those were i don't know if i'd call those like official live stream episodes so they were kind of like one-off things and then we took a break and um after a couple of weeks we we're just like ah, let's just start doing it and we're doing this tonight. Um, next Friday, we will not be doing it, but it's going to be – we're just calling it Friday Night Live. I couldn't come up with a better name. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, there could be Saturday Night Live and we'll have Friday Night Live. And, and tonight we're going to have guests and stuff in the future. We'll have, you know, organized segments. There will be some cool stuff that we're working on. But tonight we're tonight's going to be kind of the test run, um, and we're just going to hang out, talk about rock news and, um, you know – play funny clips and you know just hang out and talk to whoever wants to watch but uh but yeah but going forward yeah we're gonna be trying to after next week we'll probably be doing it on a weekly basis at least can you uh give us one of those funny clips you were kind of playing something off air um we got any people tonight that are high (laughs) i figure that would work out for tonight considering you know my co-host but uh (laughs) that's great um, but yeah, and then I got yeah, I've got uh, gotta sorry. have that. Yeah, Paul Stanley's the gift that keeps on giving. I've got other ones. I'm saving them for my show. There you go. Oh, okay, <laughs> my bad. Um, Jeremy chimes in with regards to the Armored Saint album and says, "Surely a nine out of ten for Armored Saint." I just browsed it and there's no score at the end. I'm I'm 
I'm disappointed, but ah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it was a, a good score nonetheless. Anyway, so that's decibelgeek.com, excuse me. And we also have um, Rockin' Pod, uh, which is the the other site that uh, we talked about before. And um, for those... Yeah, we, you, we have to get to work on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well... We've got some uh, groundwork there, but there's more. There's definitely more to do. Um, For those that don't know that are coming here, maybe because uh, Chris is on the show, visit MarsAttacksRadio.com. We did a nice uh, rework of the site here. Um, Just posted the new releases. Let me just go over that real quick and uh, see if there's anything that piques Mr. Sinzak's uh, interest for today's new releases. We had the new Fates Warning, a long day, good night. We, um, if you go to the site, you'll see a video for Begin Again and the Spotify playlist for the album. There's um, Alter Bridges, Walk the Sky 2.0 EP. Essentially, the EP is just one song and a bunch of live tracks, uh, but. You can also find a deluxe version, which has 2019's Walk the Sky plus that. So what we've included here is the um, Last Rites music video plus the deluxe edition uh, for Spotify. Also, there are links to um, the top featured albums here to Amazon. Just so that I don't get kicked off of Amazon, I need to remind people that... um, uh, I am an Amazon affiliate, so I may get a uh, slight uh, kickback for any purchase you make using any of my links. So there you go. And the uh, last featured album here is uh, Orianthi's O album. I uh, read some humorous reviews on that today. Have a um, video for uh, Sinner's Hymn here. And the Spotify playlist as well. And some other albums that have come out today. Jeff Scott Soto, Lords of Black, Angelica, Dark Quarter, which um, uh, which on Patreon seemed to uh, pique people's uh, interest there. Um, a, um, I guess they're like a progressive doom band out of Italy. Kind of an interesting mix there. Uh, there's Deluge, Eternal Idol, uh, Igniter, Surma, Anti-Flag, Black Tusk. Uh, Pultra Morte and Red Beach's um, debut instrumental album. We also have mm. um, reissues from Target, Tesseract, and uh, Belfagor. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, also due to the fact that they retweeted my tweet, so thank you. Uh, and a few compilations, box sets, and live albums. White Snake's Love Songs, Perry Farrell's The Glitz, The Glamour box set. Uh, Two Minutes to Late Night have released um, Covers Volume 4 exclusively on Bandcamp. And Eclipse released uh, Viva La Victoria CD and DVD combo. So um, anything that uh, piques your interest out of this week's releases? Well, obviously the Eclipse does. I know that you're not crazy about them, but but I I, I love that one. Doesn't mean I know what I'm talking about, but go ahead. No, that's cool. I I am I am interested in checking out the Fates Warning. I've kind of come around to them lately, so I'm uh, I'm interested in trying that one out. But uh, uh, progressive doom. I don't know how you uh, define progressive doom, but uh, 
I don't know. I have to check that out. I'm pretty far behind on my listening habits lately. So, um, and the Orianthe, I saw the, uh, I saw the video for the first song. Uh, whew. Um, no, that's the second one. The first one, oh, she's, the just, one? she's just in a pool with like, um, uh, a tritone effect over it. Oh, so it nice. looks almost like 3D. And then there's the second one with her jumping around in, in lingerie and underwear, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and um, wasn't a fan. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, here's here's my thing. Um, I'll I'll mention this. Some of the reviews that that I read said things to the effect of, "Well, she had all this potential, but she's not showing it on this album." And my first thought was, "A, it's Frontiers, so you kind of know what you're getting from Frontiers." B. She, her solo albums have always been like pop rock. I mean, it really, you know, yes, she has bluesy ballads in there and stuff like that. She has worked with Alice Cooper. She has worked with Richie Sambora in various scenarios. Um, but she's always been more or less a pop rock artist who throws in some hard rock overtones. And yeah, she can shred and she can play very well, but she's also playing to her audience. And, what I was trying to get out with what I wrote up about the album is I don't see that, you know, what she's offering varies that much from, say, what a Lenny Kravitz offers, where yeah. it's rock based and it's still got different things to get her on the radio, basically. So, well, I, yeah, I mean, the, I don't know. I just heard the one song that was in the video and it was, I mean, it was okay, but I mean, I, I love that according to you single she released all those years ago i mean that's, hey, yeah, that's, that's her biggest song that's uh i mean that's nothing but a pop song but yeah. the guitar playing's amazing but the hooks on it are great i mean it i, I don't know i can appreciate a pop song if it's got good songwriting right. and that one did but uh i i have to listen to more of the record i just the video was just a tad bizarre for me <laughs> yes uh okay <laughs> so let's get into um some uh headlines here Let's go uh, around the bell, per se, see what uh, we have on Blabbermouth. Um, let's see. So we have uh, Airy played bass on Painkiller. Hmm. I saw that. Airy as in Don Airy? Don Airy. Well, it, he played keyboard lines to do the bass parts is what he's saying. On the, For the song Painkiller or on the album? Oh, for the album. Huh. He's, he claims in the article that um, that Ian Hill was ill with something at the time and couldn't do it. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, I, I had no idea on that till I read it today. Hmm. Okay, so we have, let's see, uh, Adrian Smith was uncomfortable with violent imagery, so he wasn't into the Eddie uh, stuff like the cover for Killers, for example, and he points out that he really liked Brave New World. Um Kind hmm. of odd, you know, so many years later. But yeah. he's entitled to his opinion. Sure. And Jericho gets roasted for his uh his his tweet on the election. Um he tweeted something to the effect of not being a political person after donating to one of the two campaigns and um wonders why the votes haven't been recounted when, you know, in in the last 20 years, you had uh, Bush Gore, which took 36 days to be counted. So um, I don't know if we'll get that far into it, but nothing new. 
I mean, it's not the first election that's taken a while, but um, I, I, yeah, no comment on that. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know, man. The um, that uh, was it. Metal Injection that posted that article. I think, I think it was them. Uh, about because they they kind of did a little gotcha journalism on it and found out that he that he like donated money to Trump's campaign and, yeah, and, and yeah, some yeah. some but. It, which I mean, I don't give a damn, but like, it's just, I don't know. It's like, I, I just look forward to, I'm hoping that rock and metal sites will get back to reporting on rock and metal soon. Right. And I, I get, I get everyone's got an opinion on this and share it. That's fine. But I just, I just want to get back to, to music and, and deal with it that way. I don't know. I just, yeah, I hear you. Difficult time right now. Yeah. Um, let's see. Dean Castronovo would rejoin journey. I'm sure he would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I would I would join Led Zeppelin, but they haven't asked me yet. So <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Uh let's see real quickly what else we got here. Uh Striper's Michael Sweet laments amount of negativity he received from supported or supposed fan based on his political views, uh, Michael Sweet, who has been at Rock and Pod previously, um, Queen and Adam Lambert share somebody to love performance video. Scorpions celebrate 30th anniversary of Crazy World with fact video. Um, were you a big fan of that album? Oh yeah, I love that record. It's a great one. Okay, um, let's see. Seven Dust Morgan Rose controlled. Solo EP track listed and cover art unveiled. Ted Nugent says George Floyd was a punk thug criminal who committed suicide on fentanyl. Okay, thank you, Uncle Ted. Um, uh, Watch Fate's warning music video for Begin Again, which I mentioned before. Uh, Axis TV bids farewell to Sammy Hagar's rock and road trip with our long series finale. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Ian Wadley's throwing a party tonight. <laughs> Have you watched the show before? Yeah, I, I think it's actually a pretty entertaining show, and it's if, if anything that focuses on you know our genre, I'm happy to watch. Okay, cool. Uh, Miles Kennedy says his new solo album has a lot more electric guitar than Year of the Tiger. Wasn't that like an acoustic album? So I would I think if he plays like one open a chord with an electric guitar he's already beat the past album well the <laughs> miles kennedy and ultra bridge i'm just guess one of those weird people i just they don't click for me i i enjoyed the first record they did with him but it's just it's i don't know and i don't care i just don't like him singing for slash i it just axel kennedy is what i call him he tries so hard to sound like axel uh do you have anything in your uh sound bank there which is like somebody cheering or similar Oh, you mean like this? That? I essentially wrote kind of the same thing today when mentioning their EP. Um, I really like the music. <laughs> I really like the music, but I can't. I can't take his voice. I I, I really like that first album, but then mm-hmm. after that, he's just progressively. It's like, you know, for all the shit that Scott Stapp gets, he's he's a mix between. Um, uh, between Scott Stapp and Eddie Vedder, you know, he's got the old thing going on and it's just, it does, it, I hate it when I hear him singing with Slash too. Well, 
and it's don't get me wrong he's talented he's got range yeah. he can sing uh, but it's just i don't know it's just something about the tone of his voice just yeah. drives me up the wall for some reason agree Seether yeah. releases full band acoustic version of Danger. So I really like this new Seether album because it's heavier than anything that they've done since their first album, which I really, really like. I think their first album um, was great. It's one of the better hard rock albums of like the late 90s, early 2000s. But typical band that got, you know, one big ballad on the radio and then every album needed to have, you know, a, a repeat of that. Of that song, essentially. Um, And let's see. Whitesnake releases music video for remix version of Love Will Set You Free from Love Songs Collection. Um, Are you looking forward to this Whitesnake uh, uh, Love Songs compilation? No. I uh as there and I I like some Whitesnake and I even like some of their ballads. But do you need a record full of their ballads? Well, it's got three unreleased ballads. Yay. <laughs> and it looks like Jeremy is agrees with us with regards to uh, Alter Bridge here. Um, let's see. Since we've only got like a few minutes left here, we're going to hop to uh, some things that are maybe a little bit more oriented towards uh, stuff that perhaps with the Despo Geek crowd may appreciate more so uh we usually touch upon you know metal injection and metal sucks and prp and kerrang and stuff like that but we're gonna jump on over to sleaze rocks okay um let's see sleaze rocks has all right interview with sister sin guitarist jimmy hiltula is one of their headlines are you happy that sister sin is back I liked what I heard, um, you know, and they broke up like what three, four years ago, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I we played them on the show a few times back when we played music, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, I liked them. I, I'm interested to hear what they can do. Okay. Uh, interview with former Killer Dwarves guitarist Mike Hall. I read that. That's actually a pretty interesting interview. Okay. Yeah, he's um. I think he like completely left the industry. Um, he left, yeah, he left when after they made Dirty Weapons, which you know a lot of people think is their their best record. Right. Um, but uh, he had some interesting takes on why they didn't get bigger than they did. He he doesn't bash anybody, but it, it's interesting to hear his perspective on what happened. And although, man, I love uh, I love Jerry, you know, the guitar player that took over mm-hmm. for him. And uh, Method to the Madness was the next record, and Jerry wrote a lot of the songs on that record. And you know, if you haven't checked out Killer Dwarfs, Method to the Madness, check it out. It's a great record. Yeah, that's probably my favorite album by them. So, um, let's see. They have interview with John Bush frontman with John Bush frontman Armored Saint. Uh, a little dyslexia <laughs> there uh, with Armored Saint frontman John Bush. Um, let's see what else. They also interview Wicked. And um, the rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen, which, as you mentioned before, happened uh, a month ago exactly today. Time flies by, man. Yeah, it feels like it was just like a week ago. Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, Let's see some other things they have here. COVID has created a huge level of anxiety for Spread Eagle singer Ray West. Did you like that last Spread Eagle album? 
I hate to say it, but I didn't like it. It was uh, it was not what I was hoping for. I mean, it's, there's some decent stuff on it, but uh, you know, I mean, compared to compared to Switchblade Serenade, it's not even close. Yeah, I'm a, a huge fan from back in the day. Um, he was probably part of one of my worst on-air interviews, uh, only because oh, really? I had a, a really bad cold and just kept coughing and couldn't stop coughing. And he was great. I sucked. Um, but yeah, his his voice just the the angst and the like edginess that he had to his voice just like isn't on this new album like. Like you said, the the some of the stuff is really cool, but well, I, I, it's, go ahead. My my main bitch isn't isn't really his voice. I mean, his voice is okay. It's different, but it's just the they're just not. There's not the hooks aren't quite there like I was hoping for. You know, like they they wrote the that first record. They had some seriously memorable riffs and and melodies on. This one just didn't have it. There was just a lot of plotting stuff on it. You know. Yeah, his solo album is actually really good. I don't know if you've ever heard that. The thing is, the solo album came out, I want to say, the middle of, uh, I don't know, maybe it was 2005, 2006. But it's more of like a, a, a corn or like a kill switch engage type thing with like some mm. industrial overtones. But his voice is like on those first few albums where he's like screaming and he's like he's yeah. really into the stuff. And there's a lot of great hooks and different things in in the songs. It's called All Points West. And I think mm. that's great. So when I heard this, I was like, yeah, it kind of falls flat from everything he had yeah. released previous. Well, so. and I'll have to check that out. But did, was he one of the many Red Dragon Cartel singers? I don't believe so because he it was, was like somebody named Ray was the singer when I saw them, but I can't remember. I, I thought it was Ray West, but maybe it was somebody else. No, because he he had something go on in his family where he had to like adopt his nephew, um, and I know he had been away from music for a really long time because of that. Um, so I I don't think he was. You know, if I recall correctly, he wasn't part of Red Dragon Cartel. Speaking of someone who's part of Red Dragon Cartel, bassist Anthony Esposito thinks that Lynch Mob's Wicked Sensation Reimagined is a mediocre album. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> Again, for, for me personally, I, I, I really do not like Oni Logan's voice on this at all. Uh, I mean, well, it's, I mean, it, that that's one of the complaints I have about it, but uh, it's it's like it's as misguided as uh, when Bon Jovi did the "This Left Feels Right" record. Do you remember that? Nope. <laughs> it, well, I, yeah, I, I'm an admitted Bon Jovi. Well, at least I was an admitted right. Bon Jovi fan. Um, he uh, they they put out it was like where they took a lot of their old songs, did acoustic versions of them, but like turned them inside out, changed the tempo and everything. And it was just god awful. And this is this reminds me of that. It was like this album was almost a perfect record, in my opinion, when it came right. out. And it's That's like, well, why would you butcher all these songs and try to reimagine them? I don't. It just seems dumb to me. But this is the second reimagining because he did uh, Revolution or whatever that was called with Anthony in the band with Robert Mason, and it was the same thing. He tuned all the songs down. Uh, he changed some of the tempos. Um, and he actually made the songs heavier in some aspects, and some songs came off 
cool. Like Paris is burning and tangled in the web were like ultra heavy. So I, I appreciated that. But a lot of the other stuff just kind of didn't work. Well, there is one of the songs off of Smoke This that, uh, that is just him acoustically with Robert Mason, which sounds better than the, uh, th- than the freestyle rapping and uh, scratching on the original. But, uh, yeah, but I mean, it- I don't know. I I'm just maybe I'm a weird fan because I know a lot of the artists think well they want more of the they want to hear those songs again and it's like to me it's like just write a new record do new songs like what quit living off something that was great 30 years ago and it's not it's bad enough that you're recycling it but it's worse that you're turning it all upside down like that I it just I don't know I I think I got through four of the songs on this. And before I was just, I shut it off and I was just like, I can't, I can't listen to the rest of this. It's just awful. Yeah. I, I forced myself to listen to it, unfortunately. Um, last thing here to bring up John Karabi has finished manuscript on his life story via Paul Miles and hoping to publish it next year. Are you looking forward to a John Karabi uh, autobiography? Sure. I mean, if anybody has great stories, it's Krabby. I mean, he, he was one of Aaron and I's favorite interviews we've ever had on Decibel Geek, you know, and we were just talking about the Motley record, but he's got a, I mean, he's got an interesting story to tell. I mean, when you consider, you know, the years with the Scream, but then also the years in between Motley Crue and now, um, you know, I, I've gotten to know him a little bit over the years and just from what I've heard, you know, he's really had to pay his dues. Like, you know, once you're in Motley doesn't guarantee you're going to be like well off for the rest of your life or anything. Like he had to, he's had to really scratch and claw to get where he is now. And he's a self-sustained musician now, but for a long time, you know, just like our friend David Ellison, you know, he had to do the regular guy stuff. And, um, but he, but he really knows how to spin a tail. Like I've, when we interviewed him, I told him, and I've told him twice since I've, the times I've run into him, I'm like, you seriously need to start a podcast. It's like, cause he's a great talker, mm-hmm. you know, he, um, and I think it would be a must listen podcast because he's so open and honest, you know. And uh, yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to the book. Sim- similar deal to what we talked about before. I mean, even if he'd chop it up into 10 minute segments where he's telling like little stories and little anecdotes, I think he'd have people coming back, you know, week after week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you could really milk that. So. Oh, he'd be a, be a great podcast host, I think. Yeah. Um, so before we sign off here. Uh, decibelgeek.com for the website rocket nashville rock and pod expo.com when that's ready to go again uh as far as the social media stuff where should people go to uh, hit you up is there one central location or do you just want to rattle those off oh uh, well i mean you can just you can look at look up decibel geek podcast on facebook page um at decibel geek pod on twitter um i think it's slash decibel geek on instagram even though we don't use it quite enough um but then, if you know, I have my personal page and, you know, just um, if you're having trouble with my last name, just go to the search and Facebook and punch your keyboard and it'll probably bring up my name. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen like uh, whenever I write podcast up. It, whenever mm-hmm. I write podcast up, do you know whose name comes up? Uh, Josh Toomey. I he, shit he, you not. Whenever he, I write the word podcast in Facebook, his all right, let me try it. Comes up. Let me try it. Yeah. 
So you just hit podcast and then hit I search? Start to, I start to type podcast. Like I could be typing in Decimal Geek Podcast hoping that your you know stuff will come up or I'll, I'll be writing up like my stuff. To, you know, check out the Mars Attacks podcast. And as I'm typing in the word podcast, the like suggested hmm. person to link to or the suggested thing to link to on my end is always Joshua Toomey. I get the uh, podcast Rock City. <laughs> let me see. Uh, let me load Facebook up here for all it's to just see. A, it's just the the Google uh, algorithm. Uh, the, yeah, create a post. What am I doing? Going nuts here. Yeah. That's um, oh, not loading. Why is it not loading? Oh, although if I click on people in my search results, he's the first one that comes up. And I know why, because he's got Talk To Me podcast in, his, in parentheses next to his name. Huh, maybe that's why. So that's why. Otherwise, he's just Mr. Podcast. There you go, Mr. Podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, you have the live stream coming up in what, about an hour, right? Uh, actually, it's going to be in about two hours. So, uh, okay. yeah, it'll be at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. Okay, and where can people go to check that out? Uh, you can go look up Decibel Geek TV on YouTube. It'll be on there and or on the uh, Decibel Geek Facebook page. It'll be on both. Okay, um, can people check out replays of that? Yeah, well, on YouTube you can. It'll be it'll be available for replay on YouTube. Okay, there you go, Chris. Thank you for joining me. It's been a blast. If if anyone wants to know what. Uh, it's like to be on the phone with us. This is basically it. This is this isn't that far off from what our uh, typical conversations are well, like. A few less f bombs than normal, but yeah, pretty close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In any event, um, thank you guys for watching. Uh, whoever's watching live, thanks to people that listen to this on the replay or listen to the audio version, which will be um, which will be sent out on the RSS in a few days. Uh, early next week at some point and um thank you till next week uh see you from right here on signals from mars presented by the mars attacks podcast okay all right yeah it was fun <laughs> yeah and i got a text while uh, we were on that my dinner's ready so i'm gonna run and eat <laughs> <laughs>